welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello, hello everyone. I hope you're doing really, really well. I have a little bit of construction noise going on around me, so I hope you can't hear it. Um, that's the thing with podcasting. I don't have any fancy studio. I just make myself a little pillow fort, which you might've seen me share on Instagram and hope for the best basically, and try and edit out any banging or dogs barking or anything like that. But here we are. And I hope this sounds okay. So this week I have another incredible interview for you. I've been doing lots of interviews lately and I'm sort of releasing them around once a month because I found that you've also liked the solo episodes where I can, you know, basically give you a mini training on a topic. So if you have any specific questions around um, or suggestions for topics that you would like me to create those mini training episodes around, please let me know. I love creating these episodes. They're super fun. And, you know, I love to dive deep and take the time to do a little bit of research as well. And um, yeah, it's been really great to bring those episodes to you. But I also love bringing you interviews because I think these are fun and interesting. And I like to bring some, you know, perspectives that are different to mine and also just bringing you new perspectives and different ways of doing things that you may never have thought of before. So this week's episode, I know you guys are going to absolutely love. In this interview, I spoke with Michaela Hayes, who is a yoga teacher, emerging social work practitioner, mama-to-be and women's wellness facilitator. Michaela guides her clients to discover and remember the innate wisdom they already hold within and supports her clients in understanding their mental and emotional well-being. Michaela is also a good friend of mine, and she is absolutely hilarious with a killer sense of humor. She has an incredible way of holding space and bringing people together in yoga classes and also in the women's circles and retreats that she facilitates as well. The reason I wanted to bring Michaela on the show is because she is a living example of presence and mindfulness. In this episode, we discuss Michaela's journey from type A overcommitted perfectionist to learning to live a mindful life. We also discuss what alignment is and how you can learn to live in more alignment. So let's get into the episode. Hey, Michaela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. Could you share with us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today and, you know, how you developed your interest in yoga and meditation and women's health and all the things that you're so passionate about today? Mm, Yeah, it's quite, quite the journey. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I guess I, I really got started into, um, yoga and meditation and more of those mindfulness practices when 
I was probably around 15. Um, I had a lot going on in my personal life as well as just navigating becoming a young woman alongside it all. Um, But I also had some really incredible um, people in my life, such as my mother and Mr. Timms, my music teacher (laughs) here. (laughs) Um, And those those two beings were also a big reason um, as to why I'm here on the path that I am today. My mother did like a lot of yoga herself. So as children, we often learn by example. And yeah, and so seeing the impact that yoga and meditation had in my mum's own life uh, certainly made me curious at a young age but also um, my music teacher Mr Timms when I I didn't quite want to play the drums with everyone else um, he said okay you have the choice of doing yoga or playing the drums really Um, he said both require focus and um yeah and that's just your options and I really didn't want to play the drums uh, were you just doing yoga in the middle of the cl- the music class or something like that I'm just trying to picture <laughs> they this. had like two separate rooms and there okay. were a few other okay. people that also had the option to do yoga and or like play their instrument that that was sort of a sign or had already chosen. Um, and yeah, and so he would have like little sun cell sheets of paper already printed out. And yeah, so a few of us girls would just run through these sun cells rather casually, but little did I know how much of an impact that (laughs) those, (laughs) those little situations, um, were having on me as well, because then, um, yeah, as, there were some big changes happening in my life at a young age. Um, some people started to say, oh, why don't you try yoga as well um, to help manage uh, all the transition happening in my life? And I, at first I was like, oh, no, I don't really like yoga. But, um, <laughs> but I, had, I had the tools and I had used yoga a little bit with mum's influence and Mr. Jim's, good old Mr. Jim's. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so that's when it all sort of started. And I ebb and flowed um, through using yoga throughout my whole life. Still now, I obviously practice yoga very regularly, if not daily. Um, and yeah, that all started from around that 14, 15 year, year old sort of mark. Um, but yeah, meditation like yoga was something that took me a while to fall in love with, um, but I did find the value in its practice and it did soon become a staple in my life. Um, but over the years, meditation for me hasn't been a practice where I have to remain still and completely disciplined as many people tend to think um, of when they refer to meditation, but it's Meditation's become a practice that's simply of presence and finding freedom in that presence the best I can in each moment. And sometimes that does look like sitting still, um, more often than not these days. But but earlier it did used to look like dancing, singing, immersing my body into the elements of nature and, yeah, just finding love and gratitude in small areas of life. So, yeah, my love for yoga and meditation grew and I decided that um, 
yeah, that that was something that I wanted to pursue, not necessarily to have as a business at first. My first yoga teacher training where we met in India (laughs) was actually um, something that I did just for myself. It was something that I used to deepen my practice, to have a better understanding of yoga, to learn why it had such a profound impact on my life, um, particularly when I was going through some challenges. And, yeah, that training really just opened a whole new world for me. I never had the intention of becoming a yoga teacher when I did that training, but it (laughs) very soon became uh, a reality that that was something that I did want to do after having the tools to be able to offer that to others. And yeah, it started by sharing yoga with friends and family that needed a little downtime, uh, needed to connect with themselves, their bodies. And then soon it just became my everything and I I still teach yoga very much (laughs) every day almost. Um, Yeah, and absolutely love it. And it's just, yeah, it is funny to reflect on how yoga was, uh, (laughs) how yoga first came into my life as to how it has a big role in my life now. Um, And, yeah, and I guess lastly, connecting to the path of of being really involved in women's work, whether that's helping women uh, connect to their womb um, and that journey within or just helping women find a life in more alignment with their purpose, their values, um, that all sort of just came quite naturally alongside the path of teaching yoga Um, and that's just sort of how my life's evolved over the years. Things just sort of naturally weave their way into my life and before I know it here I am mentoring, teaching yoga and doing all the things um, that I just love so deeply and usually it starts by one person saying, hey, would you be able to do this for me? (laughs) And I go, oh, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Give it a crack. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. And I love what you said about meditation looking different and your start in yoga looking different and that you didn't necessarily <laughs> love it from the start. And I think that's what's so funny and so interesting to see. So we did our um, teacher training together a few years back and it's just so funny to look back now and see you know we did that training together with all of these different people and it's just really cool to see how everyone came from a different place and everyone has gone off in all of these different directions and is doing completely different things you know not all teaching yoga but most people doing really yeah. awesome things in the world so it's really cool to see how you know you can come together and learn these tools together and then implement them and incorporate them into different ways in your lives. Mm. Yeah, you really um, gain a lot of tools from your yoga practice that isn't just for your time on the mat. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So true, so true. So the reason why I wanted to invite you on the podcast and have this conversation with you is because I've seen you then and I've seen you, you know, transition and learn and grow over the years into the person that you are today, um, which is really cool to watch. And one of the biggest things that I've observed 
was from when I first met you, you were extremely type A and I'm sure you still definitely have those tendencies. Um, but, you know, perfectionist, always giving so much, always overachieving and doing all the things and probably I suspect maybe over committing in a lot of cases um, and you just used to live a really busy and full life and I'm sure your life is still busy and full today but what I've seen is you really transition to living in a way that is more um, I'd say more present and more um, mindful and also you know having that awareness of, of being instead of just rushing around from you know all the places and doing all the things could you paint the picture for us about mm -hmm. you know how that was playing out in your life um, you know maybe before you started to make any of these changes and implement these changes and how that has sort of evolved to where you are today mm, yeah um, <laughs> so a few so years ago, just to paint the picture, Michaela was like, oh yeah, just teaching a yoga class at 4.30 and then teaching 20 more yoga classes and then finishing at 9pm and <laughs> basically yeah. sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a few years ago, I was very much living in my masculine energy, um, where purpose, drive and achievement were definitely the priority in my everyday life, the things that I valued. Um, I was extremely task-focused and goal-orientated, um, and as and, but maintaining that drive and speed in life soon led to burnout and a hypervigilant nervous system. Um, but I do believe it was these practices with yoga and meditation and other mindfulness techniques that allowed me to sustain a lifestyle for so long um, that was so fast paced, um, but that's not to say it wasn't slowly having an impact on my well-being um, of all realms. So mind, body, spirit, relationships, all those things. Um, but yeah, just to give a clear example, I know we were talking about this friend when we recently caught up, but there was a stage in my life where I was doing all the things. So I was studying uni for my social work degree completing an 18-week placement for Department of Human Services, which is no easy feat. <laughs> you're basically working full-time hours but for free. And then in your free time, you're in your free time, <laughs> you're researching um, better ways to serve your clients, dealing with complex situations and trauma. Um, so alongside this, I was also still working as a waitress or barista for 15 to 20 hours a week and um, teaching anywhere between five to ten yoga classes a week as well. It doesn't stop there as well. As, <laughs> um, continuing more yoga studies um, with online courses and still trying to look after myself and other areas of life too. So when I reflect on this time, I actually, yeah, I'm baffled. I, I truly don't know how I did manage to live that way. Um, I feel tired just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I feel tired thinking about it too. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just know that I couldn't live that way forever um, and nor would I want to um, now. But um, yeah, I guess when I started to realise 
sort of the impact that this lifestyle was having for me was when I realised my soul's need to escape that lifestyle. And I realised that for about three years I was having one trip a year uh, that would be anywhere between four to seven weeks long um, where I would travel and I would look forward to these trips more than anything in life. Like that would be what kept me going, that I knew there was light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And, yeah, and I now see that these trips were an escape from the life that I was living itself. And at one point I just remember uh, being in Vietnam with my partner and I was just like, what am I doing? How is this living? Like I should be enjoying every day, every moment, just like I am now when I'm traveling. Um, And I know life isn't always positive, light and enjoyable, but I certainly wasn't living life to the standard that I know that I deserved. Um, So, yeah, and I I started to make small changes in, in simply just becoming aware of of the way that I was living because I think earlier I was just moving so fast that there wasn't a time to stop and realised how tired I truly was, how little sleep I was getting and just how ridiculous the hours and amount of tasks were as well that I had overcommitted for myself. (laughs) And, yeah, I slowly just started learning that life is those moments in between um, it's the collective of energy, prana and love, um, as cheesy as it may sound, but it's true. Um, but it's found in those moments which most people would consider as mundane. Um, but I really believe life is the high, the lows and the middle grounds. And we won't really start living until we have reverence and awareness of the gifts that all those in-between moments truly offer Um, so yeah, if we're only hustling through life to the next goal, the next task or work towards the next escape, it's in my opinion that we're not really living at all. And I had a bit of a rude shock when I was traveling with that being my own reality, that I was just hustling for the next escape and I was overcommitting and it really did start to have an impact on my health too, um, So, yeah, sort of what prompted these lifestyle changes was a culmination of things over time and, um, yeah, some being my health issues. I have had quite the journey with endometriosis and and my endometriosis ended up really forcing me to slow down um, at least once a month um, during my menstrual cycle because that pain that I would experience through my bleeds grew worse over the years and yeah I would be hospitalized regularly from the level of pain that I was enduring um and yeah when you're at that point with your health there's you can't keep studying you can't keep (laughs) attending um yeah your placements or your your other commitments um yeah you just have to stop listen to your body notice what it's trying to say to you and yeah so that really forced me to start listening and yeah and in that journey I started to learn about my womb health and also the endocrine system and my hormones and the way that my current lifestyle 
would have been impacting my cycle and the level of inflammation in my body, which caused me to, um, yeah, endure such pain. (laughs) So, yeah, slowly I, yeah, just started to learn to live in sync with my cycle, utilise my strengths during each season of that monthly flow, um, and, yeah, and started to do the same for other aspects of my life too. So I reassessed my mental health um realized that it probably wasn't up to scratch with where I'd want it to be at the time and when you're studying social work and you're teaching people yoga and meditation um you have the knowledge you have the tools to recognize yeah I guess um symptoms and, and and signs of burnout and complete exhaustion and sometimes we don't stop and actually look at ourselves as the practitioners and until it's maybe a little bit too late um, or we've already done the worst damage. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really started to assess all aspects of myself, yeah, from physical health to mental health, um, and knew something needed to change it wasn't sustainable yeah I love that I think that's so fascinating and it's it's crazy I'm I'm sure you've seen it in so many people but the thing is that hustling this way and working super hard is just the norm you know you were doing it um, because you know you're trying to be a good person and do the right things I know that's why I Um, you know, would overcommit and do lots of things and work really hard and get up really early to go to the gym in the morning because I was trying to do the right thing and be a good person, I suppose, doing the best that I could. And yeah, the reality is for most of us, that's just not, it's not sustainable and it's not an enjoyable way of living because we are just, you know, zipping between all the things that we have to do, ticking all the things off our to-do lists and we don't actually have that time or space to uh, relax and enjoy and be present and be creative and that Mm -hmm. space and that time is so necessary for our nervous systems and what I see a lot as well is you know I'm sure when you were in that space you knew a lot of these things already and I definitely did myself you know we can be doing all the right things with our nutrition and taking all the supplements and doing all the yoga but if we are working you know 14 hour days and we're sacrificing our sleep so that we can do that and we're not getting enough downtime regardless of you know what smoothie you have for breakfast it's not going to work out well for your health and there's going to be health impacts in the long term and they may take a while to reverse as well let's take a quick break to chat about the gut love protocol If you're struggling with symptoms like fatigue, bloating or other digestive issues and you suspect that gut health is the missing link to feeling light, healthy and energised, the Gut Love Protocol is for you. The protocol includes a one hour consultation with me, a comprehensive nutritional assessment questionnaire, a 14 day gut love meal plan and a personalised nutrition, lifestyle and supplement plan to guide you step by step through the gut healing process. If you'd like to find out more and book your spot, head to frandargaville.com forward slash gut love. Yes, totally. Um, that last statement really resonates because, 
Yeah, I, I guess what I really want to say now um, to anyone listening is that, sure, I am living a slower life now, one in more alignment with my mind and body's needs, but it's still a practice. <laughs> it's still something that I have to constantly revisit and check in with. Um, but, yeah, I also really loved what you said about resting and and being creative because they're all embodiments of the feminine energy. And I think when we are in that overdrive hustle way of life, um, we tend to be in quite a masculine energy and not, not finding much balance between the two. And I really think that when we begin to acknowledge the feminine energy that's within us, it's within all of us, but particularly as women, when we begin to really acknowledge the feminine, um, yeah, there's a lot that can be found and discovered within and we start living in better alignment with our body's needs, our nervous system's needs, and, yeah. And it can be a really beautiful but tricky process to do so and it's yet again something that takes time. Um, and something that I am too still learning still practicing but I think it's really being aware of what energy you're resting in are you sitting in too much of your masculine energy when maybe you need to be sitting in your feminine um, or vice versa yeah (laughs) yeah so could you explain to us a little bit about how this looks in your own life and, you know, maybe some of the aspects Mm. of how you live your life in this more, you know, feminine, feminine, or, you know, mindful or sort of present way. Mm, Yeah. Um, Well, I guess I take one day at a time. Sure. I do plan and I have things locked in for the future, but I really do take one day at a time now. Um, I reassess my needs each day and several times throughout the day and just make sure that I am really honouring those needs and those needs change, particularly um, for me throughout the day. Sometimes my needs will change several times, not just like twice, but I mean like 10 times. And I will start the day thinking, oh, yeah, like I'm going to get all this done or I'm going to spend my day like this um, and have one idea about what the day will look like. But as I check in with myself throughout the day, I realize that's not what I need at all. And I really do try and live in flow with my body's needs. Um, However, I know that's not something that's really achievable for all lifestyles, but I have created a lifestyle over the years so that this is possible um yeah and I guess that is part of the the benefit of owning your own business too is that there can be a little bit of flexibility um so yeah I've I've definitely that would be the main point for me is just reassessing my needs and particularly now being 26 weeks pregnant um every day feels different (laughs) every moment feels different and I get tired pretty quickly um so yeah right now um that is pivotal to not only the well-being of me but my baby that's growing too and I often in this time of reassessment um I often just check am I living in alignment with my values right now 
is just what's important to me. And yeah, when you live in or you live in sync with quite a uh, what's the word? <laughs> Can I call this baby brain? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if you're living um, a lifestyle within the wellness industry, it's basically what I'm trying to say. Um, you often get quite a lot of people wanting to collaborate or do work with you, as I'm sure you know, Fran. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I guess for me, at first, when I started my business, I was just saying yes to everything and still in that overcommitment mindset. But now I really take the time to go, okay, is this the type of person that I want to work with? Is this the type of, um, yeah, energy that I want to be using for that task? Does it serve me? Um, and I ask myself all these questions and really reflect um, with the big decisions in life but also the small decisions as well like if I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix like is this really serving what I really need right now and some days it is <laughs> some days just having a bit of yeah downtime without having to think or do is perfectly fine but more often than not no it's not serving my needs and I need to be resting in a way that's more yeah, beneficial to my well-being. Mm. Uh, I, I love what you said as well, you know, um, well, you mentioned I don't have the excuse of baby brain, but I'm just trying to formulate my thoughts here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you said not everyone can necessarily have the flexibility that you have in your days mm. and acknowledging that. And I I completely get that. And I, I uh, one of my teachers yoga teachers said something that was um I thought really helpful around this um Katie Rose she just said it's not necessarily or it doesn't have to be about what you're doing but also the energy that you bring to it so for example if you have to you know coordinate a meeting with hundreds of people but you're feeling exhausted or you're in pain or you're not feeling well or you're feeling sensitive you know it's just having that awareness about how you feel and bringing that, you know, awareness and compassion for yourself while you are doing that task, because no, we don't all get to choose what we do each and every day. And yes, you can work towards that flexibility if, if that's what you want for yourself. But uh, if you don't necessarily have such flexibility, if you're working full time and you're in a corporate role or something like that, then this, you know, just awareness is a really helpful place to start. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And it can be as simple as taking a few slow, deep breaths before you start that meeting with all your needs. And yeah. And it's just making those small little shifts that add up and have a really big impact, not only on your nervous system <laughs> when you are feeling tired and burnt out but yeah how you feel about yourself because in you having that awareness and then choosing to honor the needs that you've discovered with that awareness that's an act of self-love that right there is you looking after yourself and those few deep breaths might just feel good in the moment but slowly if you keep making decisions like this over time and 
making small little changes in your day to manage that exhaustion that you might be feeling, um, it's going to add up and you really start to, um, yeah, to really cultivate a self-love practice in, in itself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what you mentioned before as well about you sort of choosing what you're going to do each day and also, mm-hmm. you know, when you choose to do certain tasks, coming back to that alignment and awareness. To someone who's listening who doesn't really know anything about alignment and doesn't know how they can start to move towards alignment what advice would you have for them like what does that feel like for you and how can they start to tap into alignment and move towards it Mm. I guess I could answer this question in many ways (laughs) but um without overcomplicating it um it can be as simple as asking, does this feel good in my body? Does making this decision feel good in my body right now? And our body is wiser than we often give it credit for. And uh, I'll give an example. Uh, when you're hanging out with friends or maybe um, with someone at work, a colleague, etc., and you leave after that interaction feeling quite heavy, and drained or exhausted compared to if you were to hang out with or to spend your time with um, different friends or colleagues, that is your body telling you that maybe that isn't in your alignment to spend your time with these people. That's a very simple example, but it's connecting with your body saying, does this feel good? Does this feel good? Does it sound good? What's my initial energy when people come to me with these propositions or collaborations do I go oh yes this is amazing and I can't wait to be a part of this or do I go oh like yeah that does sound pretty good and there are some benefits to me but I don't know I can't really be bothered but I'm going to say yes anyway because (laughs) because I feel expected to or because I'm still living in that good girl persona um (laughs) yeah it can look as simple as as that as just noticing how things feel um or noticing how what your initial thoughts are um or yeah, responses in the body, but it can also be a little deeper in taking time to know and understand what your values are, to start questioning and reflecting what's important to you in life. And maybe that looks like taking time by yourself, journaling. Maybe it looks like working with someone, a mentor or um, a close friend even that knows you well to have a discussion to really identify what's important to you because we already know the answers we already have the wisdom within it's just about taking time to pull away the layers that society's put on us that has told us is important and that we've yeah we've abided by <laughs> over the years and just slowly beginning to peel back as to what is important what does feel good and and then making small changes small decisions that that are in alignment with those those things yeah those values those good vibrations if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah I love that and it's like 
you know, we're, we're talking about this in a way that is, you know, this is following what feels good and moving away from what doesn't feel good. And yes, it might just seem like, you know, maybe it just doesn't seem like it's a big deal or it seems like it's, you know, superficial or woo-woo or something like that. But um, this has so many benefits for, you know, just your general emotional well-being every day but also you know as we've spoken about the nervous system a little bit as well um you know moving you towards a more rest and digest and calm state if you're following more of what feels good every day uh and avoiding things where you feel locked into and obliged it can be really powerful for you know emotional mental well-being but also your physical body as well Mm, yes and I think it's, yeah, just learning for a lot of us, it's just learning to rest <laughs> yeah. and learning, yeah, to connect to that parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest side yeah. of self that you were just talking about um, and really valuing that rest as much as you value the task that you complete um, because rest is as natural and as necessary as the inhale before the exhale. We can't live without it. Um, yeah, and our body needs it. And so does our soul. <laughs> Completely agree. So what is the number one piece of advice that you would give to anyone listening? Maybe something that they can actually go and put into practice in their own lives. Mm, number one piece of advice, gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it really comes back for me um, to reassessing what's important to you and why you're doing the things that you're doing, why you're living the way that you are. It's important to question these things because life, life goes quickly. As, as we all say each year as we get older, gosh, this year's getting faster, isn't it? <laughs> and I think it's really important to not just let life slip by through your fingertips, but to really spend life in a way that is of value to you and is in alignment of what's important to you. Um, and, yeah, and that starts by you actually just knowing what that is. You can't live a life in alignment if you don't know what it's like or what it may look like to be in that alignment. And, yeah, if we don't start to identify what is important to us, then no change is really going to happen long term anyway so yeah and those change those values and the things that are important to us also shift and change constantly um so yeah I, I just I invite you just to keep questioning is this serving my highest good is this making me feel good is this serving me yes or no and just keep asking yourself these questions and if it's not then start to question why why not what about it isn't serving me where do I need to change what do I need to change about my environment or the people I'm with um yeah to to really start to live a life in tune with your needs yeah absolutely <laughs> that's such great advice and I think with this as well is um, I know definitely for myself and I'm sure many other people as well, when we start to do this, we just want to get from A to Z straight away and have that <laughs> transformation. I definitely, I'm still in that place, but, um, you know, when you just 
follow that one little snippet of what feels good, which might be that, you know, you don't need to wake up at 5am and go to the gym and maybe you just do some stretches instead. That is all the information that you need to follow for that day. And the more that you do that, Mm things will unfold and things will become more and more clear. So it doesn't have to look like, you know, should I leave my job and start a business or something, you know, huge like that straight away. It can just start with the little things. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's what we were saying before. Living a slower life is a practice. Living a life in alignment is a practice. It's not something that you just simply achieve <laughs> or as much yeah. as you may <laughs> But it's a practice and, yeah, practices take time and commitment and, yeah, and that that really just involves you to be in tune with each present moment as best you can. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Michaela, where is the best place for people to find you online and follow along with you? Yeah, so I'm sort of slowing things down a little bit. Um, with a little bubba on the way but um, for the moment I guess a lot of my clients contact me through my Instagram which is Zenestay Yoga Um, and yeah I often hold regular women's circles, cacao ceremonies, mentorships. Um, I also have a retreat that has been moved to January next year. Um, there's one spot left. Um, so yeah, that all that information is usually shared on my Instagram. Um, but I do have a Facebook page, Zenestay Yoga as well. And yeah, an email of course, but I can share all those details with you, friend, and we can awesome. pop that in. <laughs> yeah, we'll put all of that in the show notes and definitely go and check out Michaela while she may or may not be on Instagram all that much, there's lots of good stuff on there. And I definitely recommend, you know, attending one of Michaela's classes. She's an incredible yoga teacher. And of course, your retreats and everything. I'm sure they will be absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I think this was such a good conversation. And I know I needed it and I got loads out of it and I'm sure everyone listening got so much out of it as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. (laughs) Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at Fran Dargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.